0: Well, good morning, New Hope, glad that you're here this morning to receive a word from your God specifically for you this morning. When we show up with the great anticipation, he shows up and meets us where we're at. If you're listening to us on live stream, watching, uh, welcome as well. As we continue in this series called Prison Break, which follows the story of the Apostle Peter's breaking out of prison In Acts chapter 12, in the new portion of the Bible. And so, according to the story in the Grand Rapids press, the owner of a small foreign car had begun to irritate his friends by bragging incessantly about how high of gas mileage he was getting. So, they decided on a way to get some humor out of his tireless boasting and then hopefully as well bring it to an end. They decided that each day a different friend would sneak out to the parking lot during work and add a few gallons of gas to his <laughs> gas tank. After a while in the office, soon the braggart would start to brag about this incredible gas mileage I'm getting. I'm getting up to 90 miles per gallon, people. Can you believe this? And he's trying to convince his coworkers and family members, and he's just hysterical about, this is just amazing. It's incredible. Well, the pranksters took it with delight, and then at some point, they decided to stop adding the gas to his tank, to where they were able to watch the other side, to where he came in. He's like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was getting this incredible gas mine. It's just like, it's terrible. I don't know what's going on. And it's funny because I wonder how long it took him to come to his senses and figure out what was going on, especially from the reactions he got to his coworkers as they were pranking him. That's a question for us this morning when it comes to our senses, right? What does that phrase mean? To come to our senses means to restore someone to regain consciousness, to behave or think, reason, way. And to think in a sensible or correct way. Back in November, I invited you to count your blessings. We had handed out a little piece of paper, and I invited you to write out 100 blessings that you have received by God. And just this last week, I was actually going through one of my devotional books, and I found my list from November, the list that I assigned you, just trying to prove that, hey, if I give you an assignment, I'm doing it too, right? No, but I pulled it out and recognized it. And looked through it. And the reason that I gave the assignment was that we would pause and acknowledge God's work, God's hand in our lives, what he has been up to. Because today in our series called Prison Break, we read of one person who came to their senses and we also read of another person Who did not? And we also read of two different outcomes because of that. So let me give you a quick overview in our story here, if you haven't been in it or if you're new. Starting in Acts chapter 1 or Acts 12, verse 1. So we read that the apostle Peter is arrested by Herod and thrown into prison. Now, again, This Herod who's leading at this time is the grandson of the King Herod, the ruthless King Herod, who killed, who basically murdered his wife, murdered his three sons, murdered his mother-in-law, murdered his uncle, murdered anybody who would potentially vie for kingship. He was the king as well, the Herod who tried to kill Jesus at birth when he heard that there was a king born in Bethlehem. And because he couldn't find Jesus specifically, he had all the boys his age range put to death in the whole region. This Herod at this time in this story is also the nephew of the Herod who had John the Baptist's head cut off and who also tried Jesus before he was crucified. And so this Herod is ruling at this time, he arrests Peter. Prior to arresting Peter, he had James, another apostle, put to death by the sword. He is the brother of John. Realizing that, boy, the Jews really liked it when I put James to death and my political ranking went up, he decides to arrest Peter, the head of the church, and decides to put him on trial, pretty much executing him as the goal. During this happening, Peter's in prison. It says in Acts 12, five, that they, the church, is praying fervently for Peter. It's not this one and done prayer. God help Peter, our friend. No, it's this fervent prayer. It's this long prayer. It's this costly prayer where they're praying day and night for a whole week before Peter's trial that God would intervene and something would take place. This is a big prayer. So then we read that the night before Peter's trial, God sends an angel who breaks into the prison and breaks Peter out. He takes Peter out through four prison doors and past six guards. And he takes him out to freedom in the city streets. And so this is where then we pick up the story in Acts chapter 12, 11. And this is what the verse says. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. What were the Jewish people hoping to happen? That that Peter's life would be taken. This verse starts out with the phrase that if we were just reading the story I think most of us would bypass. But as I was preparing for this morning, I stopped and I hesitated and I'm like, "Hmm. What's the phrase? The phrase is four words. Peter came to himself. Peter came to himself. This, this morning, should make us pause and ask the question, do we need to come to ourselves? Do we need to pause and see how God is working in our life? Are we acknowledging who God is and his work in our life? In Philippians 1.6, it says, he, God, who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus, meaning that, Hey, if you're a Christ follower, God is continually at work in your life always around the clock. Now, as I talk here, I'm talking to those in the room here who consider themselves Christ followers, meaning you have made a decision to don't consider your Christ as your savior and Lord if you don't consider yourself a Christ follower, the step of to come to yourself or to come to your senses is to ask yourself, what are you going to do with the person of Jesus Christ? Is he the Messiah, the savior of the world or not? Is he your savior or not? Because as we see in the story here of Acts 12, number one on your outline, to come to yourself means to acknowledge God. To come to yourself means to acknowledge God. If Peter had engineered his own escape, he would have been praised for his ingenuity and his risky moves to get out of that prison cell. But what could he say about his part in the escape? I mean, in the text, he wasn't looking to escape at all. It says that he was asleep, that the angel that the Lord sent had to nudge him in his side to wake him up and tell him, hey, get up, we're breaking out, right? I mean, can you imagine Peter running and boasting to others? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just like Houdini, you know, with the chains, and I, I pulled him off and and got out of those chains and then came to the first guards and I did this karate round kick and took them both out and that. And the next two guards tried to go after me, but boy, I gave him a groin kick and that came to the prison cells. And man, I just gave him this high, you know, karate and they just opened. It was an amazing thing. You should have been there. I like he had nothing. He had nothing. Peter had nothing to boast about. We read throughout scripture that God reminds us over and over again of who he is and who we are, who he is, and then who we are. Let me give you a little snapshot in Isaiah 40, verse 21. Do you not know, have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princesses to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. You know, people are already starting to get ramped up about the 2020 election. Even Christ followers starting to like have this fear base of what's gonna happen, who's it gonna be, what's the world coming to and all this stuff. And God reminds us over and over again saying, hey, listen. I'm in charge up here. He said, no sooner are they planted, leaders, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, then he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Look up your eyes to the heaven. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and then calls them each by name? because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. I mean, who of us in the room this morning brought up the sun at the right time? Anybody, anybody here? I mean, who maintains gravity, the rotation of the earth? Who ultimately provides the right cosmos and ingredients so that food can grow so we can eat? We are not in charge of all that. God is in charge. So in the text, Peter says, after he has this prison break, Peter says, now I know, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Peter realized what had happened. He acknowledged the Lord's hand on his situation, and his faith was strengthened and his doubts that God was at work in his life diminished. When we follow God in faithfulness, acknowledge his work in our life, we build faith muscles, and those faith muscles allow us, by God's power, to break out of our prison cells, to provide us areas of freedom in our life that have kept us captive. To come to yourself means to acknowledge God in your life. But there's a flip side to this coin, which is number two on your outline. To be full of yourself means to ignore God. To be full of yourself means to ignore God. You see, opposite Peter in this story, we have Herod, even though seeing the hand of God on the situation, he did not acknowledge God. He assumed that the guards probably took a bribe or he set it up to believe that the guards took a bribe and automatically had them executed. Probably because of the embarrassment of the news getting out of this ridiculous prison break with all the security that was on Peter, he is embarrassed before the Jews. And in the text, it says he ends up leaving and going to his summer beach house in Caesarea. Now, Herod knew enough about God that he should have seen God's hand in Peter's deliverance and realized that he was fighting against God. All he had to do was remember a A situation earlier that we read back in Acts 5, in his lifetime, where the apostles were all arrested, thrown into jail, and God as well sent an angel of the Lord to free them from prison. The following day in the text, it says that they were scurrying around the prison looking for the apostles, but they said the guards are still in place, the cells are locked, but there's nobody in them. What's going on? And as they're looking for the apostles, someone comes in off the street and says, Hey, you know what? Those men you're looking for, they're out on the curb here talking about Jesus. I mean, he had that history. He also had the history of the kings. And he should have remembered the story of Nebuchadnezzar, who God had humbled as a king back in the Old Testament, the old portion of the Bible. In Daniel 4. Let me read you this occurrence. Nebuchadnezzar is a powerful king of Babylon, a powerful nation. And there is a dream of him, of if he did not humble himself before God and recognize all that God has provided and that God is in charge, that God would then humble him. And he chooses not to. And this is what it says, All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, after this dream, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times you will pass for you, meaning seven years, until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdom of the earth and gives to him anyone he wishes, gives them anything they wish. Immediately, what had been said of him took place. We recognize God's power, but Herod, at this point of his life, did not, and instead was filled with pride and accepted the praise of the people as God himself. We read as he's at his summer home in Acts chapter 12, on the appointed day, it says, Herod, wearing his royal robe, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of God, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, the angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. Now, what is so interesting about this account in Acts is that the Jewish historian Josephus wrote about this particular occurrence with Herod. Josephus, the Jewish historian, gives an interest parallel account of this event in the antiquities of the Jews, the history of the Jews. So we have an eyewitness writing as a historian of this situation. And this is what he says. He says that Herod put on a garment made entirely of silver. When the sun's rays hit it, it was so resplendent that the people were awestruck. Either being carried away or perhaps wanting to flatter him, they cried out that he was a god. When he did not rebuke them, he immediately got a severe and violent pain in the side of his belly. After five days of awful suffering, he died at the age of 54. Man, what does Acts 12, 23 say? What did I just read? Immediately because Herod did not give praise to God, the angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. Since he did not acknowledge God as God, God used a lowly tapeworm in this powerful king's life to bring down his human power and his pride, this lowly little tapeworm, to take him out. And so we have to consider and ask the question here this morning, our senses of who God is in our life over this world, over all creation. Now, I'm not saying Herod's situation will be your situation or my situation if we continue to just live a life of pride and not acknowledge God. But if we do not acknowledge God for who he is, his daily bread provision of our life and his forgiveness that he provides for us through his son, Jesus Christ's death on the cross, burial and resurrection on the third day, we will face Herod's fate for eternity. You see, Herod's glory was short-lived 54 years but his eternity was forever misery this is what jesus says himself in john 3:18 whoever believes in him jesus is not condemned meaning condemned to hell but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed, not have come to themselves, come to them, their senses, and believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So Jesus is pretty blatant here. You know, this is two verses after the beautiful verse that we all love, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Two verses later, Jesus says, hey, this is it. You know, if you believe in me and you've accepted me as Savior and Lord, you're not condemned. You have eternal life. But if you do not believe in me, if you have not acknowledged me yet, come to yourself, come to your senses. You stand like today condemned already. That's your position. You are condemned. And so I'm calling us here this morning, each one of us to pause in our life and to come to ourselves and to acknowledge God's work in our lives or if we need to acknowledge his work by giving us his son, Jesus Christ, as savior and Lord. Acknowledge maybe that for the first time here this morning. What has God done in your life? Have you acknowledged it recently? Have you acknowledged Jesus as Savior and Lord? I think like Peter, who gets broken out of jail, this incredible feat. He stops and he pauses and it says he came to himself. He came to his senses and he acknowledged, man, that was God. God is at work in my life. This is why the Apostle Paul, as he was praying for the church in Ephesus, makes these statements in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter one, verse 18, 19. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. Hey, I really want you to know this. I want you to know The hope to which God has called you. What is that hope? It's salvation. Man, if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you have incredible hope. You're not so concerned about what's happening after this life, nor what's happening tomorrow or whatever, because you have this great hope. God is at work in your life. He is in charge, large and in charge. And you have this hope. You don't have this fear. You know, it always amazes me that the majority of the world spends more time planning their week's vacation then they do their eternity you ever think about that <laughs> you know a week's a week and that's a good week but the eternity is like forever you think you'd want to plan that out God gives us a good plan he goes on and says I want you to know the riches of his glorious inheritance man we have inherited God's goodness on a day-to-day basis He provides us our daily bread needs. He says, I want you to know his incomparable great power. Man, what's that power? It's the same power that raised him from the dead. It's the power that lives in us to transform our lives, our character, our marriages, our family, our work situations, financial situations, to pull us out of the prison cell and give us freedom. And we acknowledge that. And so I want us to pause here. I'm going to pray. And then I just want you to sit. Sit for a moment. And I want you to consider, first of all, have you acknowledged, have you come to yourself when identifying who is Jesus in your life? Is he your Savior and Lord? Or are you still living as the Savior and Lord? Like Herod was. Are you acknowledging God's daily bread provision? And are you thankful? Or is there this pride in you where it's like, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the gal. I got it. I want you to consider that. And take a moment to come to yourself this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all that you've provided. we pause and we acknowledge that there is a God and we are not him. Lord, help us to come to ourselves. Speak to us in these moments. In your holy name. Amen. So just hang tight and in a moment the worship team will come out to close us off. But sit and do a little work and come to yourself.